week on the New Hope Podcast, you'll hear messages and stories that are built on the bedrock of God's truth and discover practical ways to apply the gospel to your life and relationships. Thanks for listening and being a part of the New Hope family. Welcome into the New Hope Podcast. We're doing a deep dive today, uh, and we just want to take a minute and encourage you to share this. This, if you haven't already, with anybody you think that might find value from it, feel free to do that and, and, and just kind of think through, man, who who would be blessed by it? But today we're doing a deep dive, and this is a time that we talk about the sermon that just happened this past Sunday, and we kind of dig into it a little bit more. And um, I'm getting a chance to discuss it with the person who preached this past Sunday, which was Pastor Keith. He is back in an action after hiking Devil's Peak in Yellowstone <laughs> National Park. Not quite. Okay. I Tell, well, I, Julie was... She was uh, building you up, man. Yeah, oh well, I don't remember her telling saying that. I, I doubt that seriously that she uh, <laughs> <laughs> she would accuse me of hiking devils, whatever that is. So uh, yeah, we saw a lot mm. Yellowstone. If anybody's never, if you've not mm. been there, uh, of course, a lot of people saw the pictures I posted on my. Facebook page, and then basically it's virtually impossible not to get a good picture. God has just done this amazing, miraculous, and I know there's beautiful places all around the world, but this is just one of those distinctive places up in the Teton National Park as well as Yellowstone. Yeah. So we, we thoroughly enjoyed it. It's our second time we drove up there and back. Did, did the Lord teach you anything on vacation just like in your time with Him and with your family that was unique or special. I find that sometimes the Lord speaks to me yeah. in, in the quiet. Yeah. Well, I tell you, just it, it's a worship experience for me to yep. see that kind of of uh, creative ability, because I see God behind it, not just the mountains and the lakes mm-hmm. and, and everything. I see the creator behind that, and it's just amazing. I, I, I guess one thing that, and I haven't done this ever to my shame, uh, I made a commitment in my own heart. I didn't even announce it to my wife or anything. Uh, I, I made a commitment that once I got in the car and we started, I wasn't going to look at my – I wasn't going to mess with email at all. Yeah. And so – but I did see that number keep rising on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> – you got to turn off the red button yeah, number. Yeah. And, and the yes. good news is up in the mountains, the, the uh, internet service was horrible. So yeah. God kind of helped me keep that commitment. Absolutely. So, so sure enough, for the first time, I think, in almost 30 years – I did not check a single email till I got back home and back in the saddle, so to speak, and waited for hundreds and hundreds of them at a time. But nonetheless, yeah, that was good. That was a good practice. So I'll, I'll probably keep that practice. Yeah. And uh, you know, uh, everybody knew to if it was really an emergency. And there was one time that uh, they had to text me yeah. over something. But anyway. That was cool. That's good, man. And a good, good, simple thing to do that I've not done, been very good at before. Well, I'm glad you've got you got a Sabbath. You know, you, yeah. you got a chance to actually rest and get away. That's so important. Yes, it is. And I tell you one thing about myself, because if you're passionate about what you do, whether mm-hmm. it's, uh, you know, a pastor of a church or not, when you're passionate about what you do, I find myself not recognizing how tired I'm getting. And, and even you could potentially move into the burnout territory. Mm-hmm. So I didn't realize how much I needed to go away until I went away, mm-hmm. if that's making any sense whatsoever. Yeah, so. and building in regular rhythms of rest yeah. as discipline yes. is really important. Yeah, both, yeah. both immediate Yep. Week to week Sabbath type of concept, as well as the, the more lengthened week and a half or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was good. I, I appreciate, and, I, and I'm grateful for a church that provides 
those kinds of benefits to us uh, absolutely the staff team so yeah and, and and that's good for me personally because that's something that I need to continue to learn and relearn yes, <laughs> over absolutely. and over again. And my, my guess is that I'm not alone in that. No, you know, no, um, by any means, I'm the worst of the offenders. <laughs> Amen, brother. I would say I'll ask be up my there wife, right but I don't want you, you to. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I won't. But you said in your sermon, you said, man, when we when we walk away mm-hmm. from the truth, uh-huh. our relationships become more toxic mm-hmm. and less purposeful, and more and more meaningless. Yes. So what is it about walking away from the truth that transforms that makes our relationships more and more toxic right. and meaningless? Well, well when you walk, when you don't when you walk away from the truth and or I would even add this as the same issue, create your own truth, you mm-hmm. know, the relativism of our culture. Yeah. We, you don't have to be a genius to look at the culture and the world and see that that just turns everything upside down. It's, it's like walking around in the dark. If you're going to insist on walking around in the dark, of course you're going to stub your toe or crack your knee or worse. Mm-hmm. It's, that's just the, the reality. Without truth, there's no, there's no reality. It's, it's all, and I've quoted this before. It's almost like me denying the law of gravity. Right. Well, it doesn't matter if I deny the law of gravity or not. If I go up on the roof and I, I and I insist that I'm going to fly like Peter Pan, mm-hmm. then guess what? Which is going to which is going to win out? Yeah, you're going to go the splat. law of gravity, yeah. or yeah, or my my attempt to redefine truth in my own terms. So right. it, that to me is just a basic and unfortunately lost concept in our world today and I don't know if it's just today it's probably been throughout history at times mm-hmm. to be honest with you uh, and I think in truth some believers get pulled into being influenced by the culture and we start reshaping even biblical truth the yeah. way we want it to be Yeah, we start eisegeting scripture which means to read into yep. as opposed to exegeting which means to take out of mm-hmm. and so yeah we, we can all be even as a believer, very tempted to drift away, walk away, recreate the truth. And I can't do that and walk with Christ at the same time. I've got to make a choice. Yeah. And to your point, that relativism, yeah. that that's a philosophy that breeds anywhere that the Christian worldview is not. I totally agree with that. Like yep. Christianity is the only thing that really pushes back against right. a true relativism of, right. of that there's there's reality and there's truth and that God has ordered things to be the way that they really are. Yep. And, and yeah, and we could go down all kinds of trails here, and I'm not trying to do that necessarily, but uh, when you really embrace relativism and or there is no truth, yeah. however you want to verb that verbalize that. You can bank on it. Anarchy is on its way. Yes, it is. Chaos yeah. is on its way because yes. that's that's against how God created things. It's mm-hmm. like denying the law of gravity again. I can deny it all I want to, but the the reality is the reality, whether I recognize it or not. And I'm going to pay the price for denying the reality and, and trying to live in contradiction to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Anyway, and and I think I think just inside of that concept and idea, right? God has outlined the world, uh-huh. right? And, and he has called us to something. And right. so in, in 1 Peter right. 1, it's a, P, Peter is saying, you know, that therefore, right? right? So it's connecting the two ideas, put away, right? put away what the, the malice, deceit, hypocrisy, yeah. envy, slander. Uh, you mentioned in, in, in talking about our effort in uh-huh. putting away those things, mm-hmm. a middle voice, 
Right. Talking a little bit more about what a yeah. middle voice is and okay. maybe in the yeah. context of those three verses and, and why it's important to make that distinction. Yeah. So that therefore starts at chapter two. And, and as we were talking about Sunday, it connects chapter one to chapter two, which is what we covered Sunday. I think one of my slides had chapter one on it. It should have said chapter two. So hopefully it didn't confuse too many people. But nonetheless, <laughs> therefore, connecting those two thoughts the middle voice, and it's used quite a bit throughout the New Testament in terms of a verbal form, uh, it essentially means it's up to you. It, it, there's nobody that can do it for you. It's, it's a different kind of form, if you will, or voice that uh, even God's not going to do this for you. He, he, he says, here's the truth, here I am, and you're either going to respond in faith or not. So yeah. middle voice boils down to personal responsibility to take your next step of faith. And that next step of faith in chapter 2 is to make a purposeful effort to get rid of the things that contradict Christ. And he now Peter, as you know, gave, gave us a specific list, and it's not exhaustive, mm-hmm. uh, but it's those inherent things that are destructive to our lives and destructive to our relationships with one another. Right. So it's a personal choice, I guess, is what and responsibility is what I would say to that. Yeah, and it's a call to our agency as humans. Yep, like absolutely. we we do have agency. Mm-hmm. Like God has given us the ability to respond and yep. it is up to us to respond. Like we must do that. And thus lies the value of the mm-hmm. relationship with God because it's not God forcing you to obey him. It's God calling you to trust him first and obey him because you trust him. So it's a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not God, you know, moving the strings of the puppet. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm tempted to ask how that relates with God's sovereignty, but I'm going to go into a different (laughs) question here. Uh, So Peter's telling us some really heavy things that the malice, Uh the deceit, the hypocrisy, slander, and he he mentions five things, but he he really pairs them into three categories, right? You got malice and then deceit and hypocrisy. Uh You've got envy and slander, and Uh one leads to another. And I think you did a really good job talking about how they did lead to one another with the example of like with envy and slander looking on Facebook and and, and how it just kind of just happens, right? Yeah, I don't even think about it. Just You're right. It just happens. Yeah. I get envious all of a sudden out of nowhere so to speak right yeah. like yeah. I n- I've never even wanted a McLaren right. and then I saw one on Facebook <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah. kid but you know like I, I, I want to key in on the hypocrisy here mm-hmm. so um, you mentioned the a tendency so I think one of the tendencies of Christians is to uh, wear a cape right right Right. You try and wear a cape and say, man, everything's okay mm-hmm. when they're rotting inside, when, when, when there's something dying within them. And, mm-hmm. and so how is this hypocrisy and why do we do it? Yeah. Like why, why do we do that? And why do we do, why do we cover up and say everything's okay? Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about the core, re- uh, what I believe is the core reason that we, that hypocrisy, whether it's active hypocrisy to image yourself as something you know you're not, that, mm-hmm. that's active, what I would call active hypocrisy. Passive hypocrisy is responding to somebody in a way that you know is not true. Mm-hmm. In other words, you're imaging something there in that case that's not true. And I gave that example Sunday, how are you? And you're rotting, to use your words, rotting inside. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily going that far as rotting inside, but <laughs> hey, it's just you, a good concept. Yeah. So you could be hurting, marriage could be falling apart, and and you go around pretending that 
uh, it's not, that things are okay when they're not. And, and so uh, that is a form of masking, mm-hmm. uh, like the word hypocrisy talks about. So bottom line, uh, I think the core reason, Dan, in my view, is pride. Yeah. Pride comes before the fall, sure according does. to the scripture. So I think the bottom reason uh, is within our old nature core, we want to look like we've got it all together even when we don't. We mm-hmm. want to look perfect or, you know, the best or whatever. Yep. I think that's the core. And now I think the other part is do you and have you spent time developing trusting relationships with other believers? Mm-hmm. Sometimes people say I'm okay when they're not uh, among believers because they don't feel like they have the trust to to be honest. So that that begs the other question with the body. Do we have an atmosphere uh, that is safe Mm -hmm. to be whatever's going on in your life, to be honest? And and, and that's why the groups, your, your very arena is so important because those groups... At least the goal is to build a level of community in those groups, those hope groups that we call them, uh, where people can be honest and can, whether it's directly on Sunday morning or after Mm -hmm. the group, uh, have people in your life where you can say, you know what, I'm going to rip the mask off and my marriage is struggling right now. Can you pray for me? And maybe even we can guide people to some help Yes. sooner than later. Right. You know, we could go on down the list of different things we we hide. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what a shame, right? I mean, because that's the body of Christ. We're stronger together than we are apart. I mean, it goes yeah. back to that truth. And so, absolutely. Yeah, that can be a form of hypocrisy, is that passive part. We don't tend to think of hypocrisy as the passive part. We tend to think of the aggressively, you know, mm-hmm. pretending to be something you're not. Right. But, and, and I think that's how deceit comes in because mm-hmm. we can tend to believe our own lies. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. we start living in a, in hypocrisy yes. right. uh, and, and we don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. We, we think, we think, oh my goodness, like right. this is whatever the lie is. You believe that it's true. Yeah. And then you end up living in a way that is contrary to what you actually think or believe or you say you're okay, but you're not really okay. Right. But it's because you're denying and putting away and yeah. hiding right. these things with, even within yourself and not necessarily even wanting to admit it to yourself. Right. Right. And so that deceit, it can lead to hypocrisy in, 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 in pretty, I think, high levels and in easy ways. Yes, I agree and, with you. And, and so to to your point, which is so true, like safe environment, 100 mm-hmm. percent. Right. Uh, and, and I'm glad that we we have some of that. I think that's yeah. really good. Right. Um, but you, at the same time, oversharing is never fun. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> but there's a context for it. Right. right. And there's right. there's some people where, man, you do go deeper with. And there's right. some people that you don't like. Exactly. Uh, yeah. th- this past Friday. A couple of guys were getting together, went over to the house, but I had to leave early because mm-hmm. I was going to my kill, like uh, to to dinner with my accountability partner. And so, gotcha. like, uh, we live far away from each other now. Therefore, we have to meet in the middle. And so, uh, we decided we're we're gonna go to Perry's Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, oh, once a month. Good choice. Yeah, I mean, he's paying for it, so that's totally fine. So, awesome. Yeah, he builds and sells apartments. So I'm like, oh, wow. brother, it's yeah. gonna be on your black card. I that's be, on I you. I want to be his accountability partner. <laughs> that's <too. right. laughs> yeah, yeah, go ahead. And uh, so, you know. We're hanging out talking about Jesus over at Tomahawk, right. which is great, yeah. you know. Right. Uh, but yeah, like there is that is, that that need for depth to take the mask off yeah. to um, 
to not hide and not to de- deceive yourself because right. when we when we confess things they come into the light and they yep. can't they can't be lies that produce hypocrisy anymore right exactly you take away the power or the potential of the hypocrisy uh, and and I would say Jesus modeled what you talked about just mm. now he had his he had the general public that were followers and right. listeners I would call them more listeners uh, then he had, of course, his original twelve, mm-hmm. uh, not counting the the one that ultimately betrayed him. But uh, nonetheless, Good it, old Judas. it started with twelve. Yeah. Um, but within that twelve, as as you know, he had uh, James, John, and Peter. Yeah. He took to the Mount of Trans, uh, Transfiguration. So mm-hmm. Jesus had his kind of core people within the disciples, even. Yeah. And so I think he modeled for us what you just talked about. I agree. So. What's the difference between confirmation and conviction? How do we how do we know yeah. which one we're experiencing? Yeah, that, and that's a great question. Well, I'll tell you what it's not. What you should not you should not decide the difference between confirmation and conviction in terms of God speaking to you or His Word speaking to you uh, based on how you feel. Yeah, because that's where you can get into self deception and, and denial and the whole bit. So the answer to the question is, I'll know it's confirmation if it lines up with the truth of his word in Amen. terms of an attitude I have, uh, priorities I take, mm-hmm. how I think, how I treat people. If it lines up with his word, then his spirit will, and there's where the, the feeling part can come in, will confirm or affirm that I'm on the right path. Yeah. So I know it's conviction for sure, not on, just based on how it feels, but does it if it's out of disalignment with the character of Christ with God's word? Yeah. So to me, it's pretty straightforward and simple mm-hmm. in terms of discerning if you're willing if you, if you're grounded in His word. And there's the problem with some believers are not. Yeah. They've lost that craving and they're not digging in and they're not anchored in His word and they're going by how they feel. Right. If I feel it, it must be true. Or if mm-hmm. I feel good about it, it must be true. If well, I want it, it must be God's will. You know, that kind of garbage. And that goes back to you, the relativism. Yep. Exactly right. It's a Christian form of relativism. You're exactly right. Uh, and and there are plenty of believers in Christianity, Christianity at large that that is what their faith, faith in Christ is based on. It's based not on truth. It's based on feelings. Right. And that can go all kinds of crazy places, as it has done in history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I'm reminded of the scripture that that our heart is wicked, deceitful above yep. all else, yep. and that we are broken cisterns. And yep. you know, you know, yep. like we cannot trust only what we feel because exactly. the, the things that I feel are sometimes deceitful. Right. You know. Sometimes exactly. They, yeah. You know, like yes. they, they like we have the ability to deceive ourselves even with our own feelings. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and the Bible makes that pretty clear. Yeah, that you don't just deceive people; you deceive yourself the best. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, we are great liars to ourselves. Yeah, which seems contradictory, but it yeah, it is very true. Oh, it is very true. And I would say there's two important. The first of which is God's word. Clearly, yeah. that's the the unvarnished truth of God's word. Is it's not relative. There's the truth. The other piece of that is those. Uh, close relationships with believers that are maturing in their faith. Yeah. Actually are walking with Christ that can speak into your life and say, hey, I don't know that that's true. Mm-hmm. You may be concluding that, but I I, I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. So it's both of those components that are important. Yeah. 
And we'll, we'll get to that in just one okay. second with spiritual milk. But uh, I want to... I wanted to mention this as well. So you, you talked about uh, how you cannot walk towards Christ mm-hmm. until you walk away from destructive traits. Yeah. So why, why do our destructive and self-destructive traits prevent us from walking towards yeah. Christ and yeah. with Christ? So, and let me clarify something because I don't want to be misunderstood. When you place your faith in Christ, it's based on the grace of Christ. So what I'm not saying is that you have to fix everything in your life before you can follow Christ. That's not what I'm saying. Peter was speaking to believers. He and sure what was. he was speaking of is growing yes. in their faith. So they already had their faith, so that's not even a question. So you come to Christ based on the what he's done, not what you do. So you come to him in faith, period, mm-hmm. and you know salvation. That that's that's in redemption. That's that's God's word. Yeah. So okay, so we're talking to believers here. So if I'm gonna grow as a believer, I can't walk towards as I was saying Sunday, I can't walk towards Christ without walking away from some things yeah. that contradict Christ. So I've got to learn to let go of some things in order to walk uh, more fully and closely to him. Uh, and so in this, is, it's that grappling, mm-hmm. whether it's that list that Peter gave or not. Yeah. Uh, it could be a heart of jealousy that I'm, or, or gossiping pattern I've yep. gotten into. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can list. And like I said, Peter, that's not the only list in the Bible of the right. examples of things to get rid of. Yeah. Know? So uh, now go back to your question because I've yeah. I rambled on and the, forgot what no, you were I, asking. No, I'm, I'm really glad you clarified. I, 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 ne- I didn't perceive that in your sermon the way that you were talking about it because you were talking about growth. But I think right. that's, man, we can never emphasize the grace of Christ enough yes. and, and how that is how right. we come to walk with Jesus, right? right? But in walking with dr- Jesus, what— we, we can get in our own way by mm-hmm. doing some of these things. So he, right. he gives those five examples, but those are examples of destructive traits. Right. And so when we're walking in destructive traits, you, I mean, you know as well as I do, just from our own walks with Christ, uh-huh. right. that those are barriers mm-hmm. to our relationship with God and walking right. with Jesus. And so why do our destructive and self-destructive traits prevent us from yeah. walking towards Christ? I'm trying to think I had to answer that because to me that the I guess the answer seems fairly obvious to me because when I'm walking in those destructive things, it's like putting on a you know 25 pound backpack and running a sprint race and expecting to win it. Yeah, it it just doesn't work. That's it. It just holds you back. Mm-hmm. It gets in the way, as you mentioned. It causes you to think falsely to perceive the wrong things etc cetera, etc cetera. so it's it, like you're walking the wrong direction yes exactly and that, that was kind of the image I tried to use on the screen up on stage is they were on opposite sides of the screen for a reason so yes I can't keep walking towards destructive traits and walk towards Christ at the same time because they're in the opposite directions and, and that's what repentance by the way the, the image of repenting, yeah, means to let go of and turn back towards a different directions towards Amen. towards Christ. So there, I guess that's the in essence how I would explain that. Uh, to to me, I, I guess what seems like a common sense degree, uh, I can't assume that that makes sense all the time necessarily. Yeah, because like just like you said, like walking in unrepentance, right, doesn't allow you to walk towards Christ. Yeah, yeah exactly. You're either gonna walk. Towards him or away from him. That's really your two choices. Right. And as I think, a believer. 
and I think we want to hold on to some of our sin because we right. like it. You oh, know, yeah. like there oh, there yeah. are things that we don't we either subconsciously don't don't realize, don't think about, whatever uh-huh. that we continue to walk towards. But all but also there's stuff where we we 100 percent know that this is toxic, uh-huh. right, yes. to our system, and right. yet we continue to walk in that direction. And he and and Peter, yeah. he's calling us out of that. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and Peter knows about failure quite clearly. He, quite quite clearly. Yes. At least three times. <laughs> at least three times. More than that, maybe. Yeah, but yeah probably more than that, yeah. but uh, at least three, yeah. 100%. And so you were talking about like growing towards Christ uh-huh. and, and craving the Lord with, with spiritual milk. Right. So that, that imagery to me is always kind of, uh, one, it's sweet, but it's also something that's foreign to right. me, right? right? Like it's like I, I get it. I understand it a little bit more now being a dad, but right. at the same time, we 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 crave mm-hmm. and what we crave. I, talk a little bit more about spiritual okay. milk. And, and, and I, I'm trying to I'm trying to ask the question of like, man, why why spiritual milk? Right. Well, and it's interesting to me. Interesting to me that Peter didn't just say spiritual milk, but he said pure. Yeah. So I think that's key. I yeah. think it's key to this particular passage that he's not just talking about craving the truth of the Word of God, but the the unadulterated, the pure uh-huh. Word of God. Because in Peter's day, as well as our day, you will hear a lot of adulterated versions of the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could name all kinds of spinoff groups, and you don't even have to go that far. You'll hear some really bad preaching and teaching from a lot of pulpits every single Sunday, and and it's because it's not pure. And so I think there's the key word to to your question is he's calling us to a craving, a hunger for that, that pure milk, the pure truth, the whole truth of God's Word even when it's not something you want to hear but you need to hear. Because mm-hmm. the baby needs the milk whether he would prefer Dr. Pepper or not. You know, Right. If the babies got hooked on Dr. Pepper early on, I imagine <laughs> they would prefer it. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm yeah. guessing because uh, I love Dr. Pepper. Uh-huh. I don't need to drink it anymore because I hear it's bad for your kidney stone. So, oh, well. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so, you know, the sugar high, yeah. you know, that's the analogy I would use literally. Yeah. It, and to your, to your, I think to your point, or what I'm hearing at least implied, is the Bible also talks about getting into the meat. Yeah. You know, you don't stay on milk forever. So there's the growth right. continuum that the, that the Scripture talks about. Get, you know, because Paul talks about that later. I believe it's Paul. It talks about you're still drinking milk when you ought to be eating yep. meat. So it's the same concept, grow, in other right. words. Right. Choose to walk towards Christ and grow. Let go of the things that are hindering you. Walk towards Him, and grow. Mm-hmm. The growth is the kind of the point, and what God can do uh, as we choose to grow. Yeah, yeah. That you may grow in, up into salvation. Yes. Yeah. And so it's a it's progressive in the sense of our sanctification there. Yeah. Absolutely. But we have to be fed, and we have to taste and see that the Lord is good, which yeah. goes to your ironically. Go for it. You're not going to taste and see until you let go. You go back to the whole passage. Yeah. Till you get rid of, walk towards him, until you start craving the truth of his word. You're not going to experience that he's good, that he's who he said he is, that he's kind. He, He's everything he says he is. Yeah. 
hundred percent. You know, you you have to walk out of it. You know, right. and, and you mentioned the tasting and so you used the example of watermelon. You know, yeah. And then you're like, I can taste watermelon <laughs> right now. I leaned over to the guy that I was sitting next to you singing choir and I was like, You taste watermelon? He's like a hundred percent. You know? But it was such a good analogy because uh, well, like when when you when you when yeah. you do that, you're like, Man, I, I can taste it. I understand. Yes. I know what it looks like, I know what it feels like. Right. And when we taste, we grow in responsiveness. Yes. That, Talk, talk it's about real. That. It's, it's yeah. I, I struggle with the words to use because it's not. And the point I was trying to make is that only my faith in Christ, my relationship with Christ, experiencing His goodness, is not an ethereal. You know, I'm just playing mind games, kind of this stupid religious junk. Right. Uh, it is real, and it is here and now, and it is. You, he uses the word taste for a reason. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's as real as it gets. Yeah, uh, and, and so, um, and you're internalizing something when you yeah, taste it. Absolutely, you know, because you're bringing it into your body. And you remember it too, and and if it's a good experience, it motivates you to go further as well. Yeah. So, as you experience the goodness of God, I've let me put it this way: I've not met any believer yet. Maybe there's one or two out there. I don't know. We all kind of come and go and struggle at different times in our relationship with Christ or in life in general. I get that. But when I see believers go from uh, playing games on the sidelines, being religious, to tasting that the Lord is good, experiencing Christ in their life, I've never, ever heard anybody say, I want to go back to playing games. Yeah. Once you get to the real thing and you you experience him a work in your life and what he can do, and I'm not talking Disney World perfection riding into the sunset. Mm-hmm. I'm talking real life. I've not made anybody say, you know, I hunger for the days where I was just kind of floundering around <laughs> and playing games, and and yeah. my faith meant nothing to me. Right. I've right. never met that person yet. Yeah, it, because they've tasted something better. Exactly. You and know, it motivates you to keep. Striving, hundred like percent. Yeah. There's a. I've been ruined for mac and cheese. Uh, seriously. So there's this place called Los Olivios. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I think it's down in Wimberley. Uh huh. And they have this mac and cheese that is just. It's different than anything I've ever had in my entire life. Huh. And every single a time, life changing experience. It sounds like you would. Ne- you wouldn't think, right? You wouldn't think. But for whatever reason, uh-huh. and so like anytime I order that now, like at a, as a side of a restaurant or whatever, place, you know, yeah. like even at good places, I'm like, it's not as good it as doesn't match it's not up. as good. Gotcha. Yeah, and I, and I think we yeah. see that. Okay, your your quote from MacArthur, uh-huh. really one. I love that you love John MacArthur. I do. He's and a good guy. I, I don't always. Uh, f- I think he kicks the dead horse on occasion. Uh, goes too fair. far, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In terms of some, some of his he can be stuff. a little grumpy. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, he's solid. <laughs> yes. He talked about, uh, you know, you quoted him on on the junk food, uh-huh. right? And that's just coming through at all points in time, yep. and even through pulpits, right? Yep. And it, it causes spiritual malnourishment because mm-hmm. we're tasting these things that are sugar, right? right? And they're essentially just. Sugar and right. versus something that's nourishing, right? And so, like for me, I'm like, man, I I can't eat cereal anymore because it, all it does is it, it leaves me hungry in an hour and a half, oh, and gotcha. then and it gives me a drop in my blood sugar, yeah. right? Like I have to eat something that's more substantial. Mm-hmm. We have to be doing the same thing with our walks with Christ. Right. 
Like you can't live Sunday to Sunday. You can't live moment to moment. You can't live uh, on, on the pithy calendar. Right. You know, here's yep. your verse for the day. Yep. Like here's your inspirational quote statement. Like that's not going to get you to spiritual maturity. No. And, you know, ironically, we tend to think of malnourishment as strictly Ethiopian children, you know, right. skin and bones. Yeah. But malnourishment can be somebody who's way overweight. hundred percent. Yeah. That's, it's Bottom line, it's unhealthy. Yeah. It's like not, myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. me too. I, I've got weight to lose myself and better patterns to establish. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it may look different, but it's the same disease, so to speak, mm-hmm. and problem. Yeah. La- last thing, we're going to mm-hmm. end on this. Um, and this is something that I love uh, in in your preaching. You bring, you bring us back to on a regular. And you... You, you said this, you may know more about the Bible, mm-hmm. but you're not responding more. Right. It's not what you know, but what you do with what you know. Yeah. And I think there's a tem- tendency within Christianity to just want to learn, 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 yep. learn. Oh, in evangelical circles, especially Baptists, yeah. we, I've, grown, I've grown up Southern Baptists in churches, and we, have, we emphasize, and it's not a bad trait, but when it's the only trait, it's bad. We emphasize Bible studies, you yeah. know, all kinds of Bible studies. But you know, at some point, you got to quit gaining more information, and start doing more with what you know. Yeah, I, I think there's going to be two things on my tombstone: good butts and bad butts. Yep, is something people always hear yep. me say. And the other is, it's not what you know, but what you do with what you know that matters. And and that's biblical. I didn't create either one of those. Right, they're right out of God's word. So. A hundred percent. You can be a really good theologian and a really bad Christian. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Technically, Satan himself was a theologian because yeah. he knew the scripture mm-hmm. front and back. He just twisted it. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. It's so true, man. And so I think just remembering that as we're putting mm-hmm. on new things and we're taking off things and, and we're removing it from our lives right, right? right and God has given us the agency to be able to resist and walk away yeah. from and walk towards him in repentance right. that we need to <laughs> remember that it's not just what we know but mm-hmm. we have to live out in action and sometimes we need to focus less on learning more mm-hmm. and focus more on doing more yeah yeah applying more exactly right yeah. I would rather believers know less and do more than the other way around any day. Yep. Myself included. Same here. Yeah. You know, and and that's the walk that's the walk of holiness. Yeah. A little bit. Man, if you found this helpful, feel free to share it with a friend. Also, man, anytime that you press those five stars at the bottom or write a review, that helps us make it easier for our congregation and our saints to be able to find the podcast. And so you can always search New Hope FBC and it'll come it'll come up as one of the top ones, but that helps kind Kind of bring us to the, the front of the list so that more people can from our congregation can find it. That's been one of the things that we've heard a lot is, hey, I'm not really sure how to find it. And even searching FBC, New Hope FBC, for somebody who's not familiar with podcasts, this can be challenging. Let's help our people out. And so if you would do it right now, don't stop. Don't wait till you get out of the car. Just or and yeah, don't drive. And don't drive and play with your phone. But you know what I'm saying, right? Before before you get out of your car, like mash those five five stars buttons, and if you would, just leave a, a quick review. That'd be a huge blessing, guys. We love you. Thankful for you. We'll talk to you all next week.